Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good Sunday or Monday morning, football fans. What a weekend it's been. Enormous storylines. And for me, I think Craig Forrest, Jimmy Brennan, we'll look back on this weekend as, as the weekend that the League Cup rediscovered its majesty. <laughs> Once again, the most important tournament in English football. Ah, <laughs> Yeah. Means so much to me. It's incredible. <laughs> All of a sudden, eh? Yeah, it's amazing how these things happen. Um, Liverpool, nil. Chelsea, nil. And then a 22 penalty, penalty shootout. And uh, Liverpool lift the title in the end. Man, there's bad nil-nils, Craig, and there's, there's great nil-nils. This was beyond great, wasn't it? What a match. It was up there with the, I don't know, a, I mean, obviously short-term memory, but I can't remember a better nil-nil uh, than that. That was sensational. Great goalkeeping, great finishing, offsides by inches. I don't even know how they separate that Lukaku one. I mean, just craziness. So amazing game. And then the decision to, you know, to bring Kepa on uh, late in the game to save penalties, and which he's done very well in this, this tournament. I think Tuchel should have started him. I mean, if you're playing the, the games leading into it, stick with it. Klopp did. And that's one thing that you can always rely on as a goal. You always look forward to that. Da, da, and you kind of got let down when you don't. I don't, know, I don't know if that came into play for Tuchel or not. But he's supposed to be a penalty specialist. I mean, Jesus Christ, he's the most expensive goalkeeper in the world. But you put him in in a situation like that, and I've only ever come off the bench once to face a penalty. And I thought they were on the top of the six-yard box. It, it looks so close. You have no perception. You haven't touched the ball. Like, he hadn't touched the ball, what, for two hours? Other than just bouncing it. He's doing stretches going into the – like, what the fuck are they thinking? I just don't was, think – it's overthinking. I mean, I mean, because it's crazy. Mendy comes in. So, um, Kepa, he was – it was his goal for this tournament. Had been up until now. Uh, Mendy's yeah. – this is his second ever start – in this tournament, right? So regardless, that's fine. I, I get it. Okay, you put your, your best man in if you want to do that. Um, yeah. Mendy was brilliant. A couple of those saves were just, just world-class saves. What a keeper he is. And then, like you said, he gets yanked. But for Kepa, now we've seen it before. We've seen Tim Krul and, and Sillison with the Dutch. It has happened before, but it's, like you said, I mean, Craig, I mean, not, no one knows it better than yourself how hard that is and how unfair it is. He didn't save one penalty. 
I mean, there were great penalties in fairness. There were really well-placed penalties by everyone. But then the, the irony of him being the one that has to now step up to keep this thing going, and he pulls it back him and skies it over the bar, Jimmy. I mean, I, I haven't got much sympathy for him, given what's happened in the past. No. No, you're right. And he absolutely skied it. Um, and I know what that feels like, because I've done that before. But I played the whole match. <laughs> <laughs> you can blame it on your legs. <laughs> I was fatigued. <laughs> but, he, was, I mean, he was all ramped up. Yeah, but Greg, when I, when I look at it, right, and, you know, you've got a keeper that's played that long. It's nil-nil. He's in the game. He's focused. Your goalkeeping coach has done his homework, so he knows the players that are taking the, the penalties, right? And you're constantly communicating, aren't you? The goalkeeper and the goalkeeping coach, whoever's coming up next. You know, he's had three on the right. He might go to the right, so you, you might have that little gamble. But to get him coming in cold after so long, like what you're saying, I don't understand why you wouldn't keep the goalkeeper that's been in there for the whole match, Neil Nils, who's focused and is ready for this penalty shot. Mm-hmm. But that, it doesn't make sense to me at all. And it is Mendy who's fantastic. It's yeah. not like, you yeah. know, he's, he's not a very good goalkeeper. It's, it's Mendy. He's not going to shoot out in the donations. I don't get it. I don't know, but do you think, Craig, I mean, going back, okay, so to start with, Kepa gets benched for this one, even though it's been his goal in the tournament. Um, mm-hmm. And that sounds very unfair and cruel, but you've got to wonder if within that club, they don't really give a shit about his feelings, given what happened all those years ago when he refused to leave the field and embarrassed the club. You mean the actual players? Yeah, I wonder if the players or even within the club itself, the hierarchy, and I know Tuchel wasn't there then. But, I mean, has he got a reputation in, in the club that this guy's a little bit selfish? Well, that's it. If, if that's the case, he, do, he does appear to be that way. He looks as though he's got a bit of a cocky sort ofness to him. Like he, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have a really overly likable sort of uh, personality, like on the surface of it. Um, not sure if that's true or not, but um, I think Tuco was trying to please everybody a little bit, you know. Yeah. Okay, Mendy's done great. Okay, we can put him in. He's going to be the hero, and it, it backfired. Because we can spin it around, because if it actually worked, and he saved one fucking penalty, and they won, then we wouldn't be talking about it. But to play two minutes, concede 11 goals, miss a penalty, and have zero league cops for it is pretty a remarkable day. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was a classic final, and it had that, that big match appeal, it seemed. And maybe that's partly because of the pre-match ceremonies, you know, honoring the people of Ukraine and, and the support and solidarity that, that football was put behind those people. I mean, that felt really special. It was very emotional um, to, to see that as well. Maybe that added you, to the occasion. What do you think about your uh, Liverpool fans singing over God Save the Queen? That's nothing new, though, is it? It's what they do. They don't consider themselves English. They're scousers. I, I, do I like it? You know what? This whole anthem thing we can get into, and mm. it never offends me. Even booing anthems, okay? I know people frown upon it, you know, but some people act as if, as if it's an act of war. Like, just relax. It's a goddamn song. Get over it. It doesn't upset me that much. Maybe it should. It doesn't. I don't understand why they have them before matches. I think it's a waste of time having a national anthem before a match. Last week you spoke about how you were standing beside Mark Burcham, that, that great Canadian, and how he was belting it out in his first match and how yeah. you, you felt such... Internationally is different. No, internationally is different. 
Domestic, I don't think there's any need for it. Look, we're, we're all proud Canadians. We're proud where we come from. Yeah. And I don't need to hear the national anthem before every single game of the season. You go to a, you could go to any type of sporting event, the lacrosse game, junior hockey game, and they're all doing the national anthem. I never never understood it. Well, hockey makes no sense to me because even even not, just North American sports in general, they're playing eighty two games plus playoffs. You're doing it before every single game, and there's you know an American and a Canadian team two anthems. Like, oh my god, oh, I think I prefer the UEFA Champions League anthem. Just play that, you know, well, get it over and done with. You think what the players think. Yeah. So the players have just had a great warm-up. They've come inside. They're raring to go. And then you're standing out there listening to anthems. Yeah. And then I always, got, I, and then I always have the res- utmost respect for the, these NFL guys that, like, in the Super Bowl, they, the, the halftime is an hour long. You know, it's just like you're basically playing two different games and there's the space in between times when you're on the field is uh, – yeah, not something I'm uh, a world I'm familiar. <laughs> hey, listen, if, if they if they brought out Dre and uh, and Snoop and Eminem before today's game, I'd be fine with that. That's yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I like the Champions League. Just a generic Champions League anthem. Don't touch the country's anthems at all. But then we can get into the arrogance of UEFA having their own anthem as well. That's pretty good as well. Basically, you can't win. Let's be honest, you can't win. Um, yeah. VAR had a, a rough weekend, didn't it? I mean, you talk about the offside calls today, how, how close they were. Uh, it looks as if to me that the powers that be are just intent on ruining the game because from Lukaku's, we were going to go, which honestly, let it freaking stand. It's that close to uh, the Van Dyke call and the Matip goal. I mean, I think that they're both probably the correct calls as far as the rules are concerned, but mm-hmm. there has to be nuance. There has to be discretion, I think, in, in officials. Don't you think? I mean, Jimmy, let me ask you this. Yeah. If if VAR was cancelled today and there's no more VAR, do you think the fans and people like us would have more patience for referees, maybe getting it a bit wrong or maybe using the discretion within the rules? No, I think I still think the camera the referees. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> they would. <laughs> the ref the referees are the only ones winning here, I think. They're yeah, they're the only ones because they got something to hide behind now. Because if they go, wasn't my call. Like, if it's come from yeah, yeah I know exactly. It's usually the kiss of death when they call them to the monitor. Yeah. yeah. What gets me more is those late off, the late offside flags, right? Because they're waiting because they have VAR to back them up. It's like, oh, my God, come on. It's just too much. It is ruining the game. I mean, those a nil-nil is a great nil-nil, but, you know, had those goals stood, it would be even more dramatic, right? I mean, I just don't like theater being in the control of a room upstairs with monitors. And that's sadly what I don't, I don't have any problem with, like, getting the offsides right, and they're going to stick to it one way. There's no sub... You know, it's not really subjective about it. I get that. But I think they need to change the rule. They need to, they need to, you want to create more goals, have some space, some daylight between the striker and the defender. Yeah. Like, if, yeah. unless that's the case, he's onside. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Right? I totally agree with that because I, I think it's so tight now. And then, and you can see the lines are coming out and you're talking like an inch. You know, and I agree with you. If there was daylight, okay, yeah, it's offside. For me, I only like, I like VAR just in the 18-yard box. Anything to do with the goal. Was that, did he have a little cheeky handball and all of a sudden now he scored the goal? Like certain things where a ref can't see because there's so much going on in that 18-yard box. That's a good idea. Just for I goals. Like that. I like just for goals. That's it. I don't like anything else that comes with it. But yeah, I, I, I don't mind. Right. I don't mind them like just for goals either, but or, or the, the what it was meant to be for, and that is the... Glaring mistakes. 
you know, the misidentities of players helping the referees out like that. That's, uh, that's really what it was for. Um, and that would normally be inside the 18-yard box, right? So I think that makes a lot of sense. Just keep mm-hmm. it in the confines of there. If there's an offside and the build-up to something and the, re- and the linesman misses it, well, too bad. You know, we want to see goals, right? We need goals. Don't you think? I mean, well, <laughs> the just change the rule. Change the rule. Give, them, uh, give the striker an advantage where, where they have to be beyond the defender completely. So you get the impression that it's, it comes to a point where we're just trying to find reasons to use our technology. I mean, the game wasn't suffering before. It was still the biggest game in the world. Mm-hmm. And every sport has issues with official, with yeah. human beings, human error, right? I guess I get it. But I just yeah. think it's to a point now where too much is being looked at. Yeah. And even like last night's TFC match, um, you know, went to VAR, took forever. In the end, the goal was awarded. And the celebrations, <laughs> it was as if it was impulsive, as if they just scored the goal. But they're doing, you know, their usual celebrations. It's Dallas. And it's been four minutes since the goddamn goal was scored. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I just think that when you look at all the major sports around the world and even the traditional diehards of cricket have got replay. Rugby has replay. American football, ice hockey has replay. They've got it right. They hear the communication between the the official Mm -hmm. and what they're looking at. And they communicate to the fans. Maybe the biggest issue is that the fans have no clue what's happening. Right? They have no clue. Yeah. Whereas rugby and cricket, they've got it on the big monitors. They explain exactly what's happening. And, and, and there's no there's clarity. There's no murkiness. I think the Premier League has, got, has just got it wrong. Maybe, I mean, yeah, it's not going anywhere, unfortunately. It's like nuclear missiles. You can't disinvent something. Always going to be there. Um, but you've got to fine-tune it. And the Premier League is pretty arrogant in that we do it the right way because we're the Premier League. Well, you know what? There's been other leagues doing it for a long time before you. Maybe take some. I think you're being a bit harsh, Charms. I I think they've done a much better job this year. And at the end of the day, I I don't think that any of those goals that were disallowed, at the end of the day, they they were the correct decisions, I thought. As tight as they were, I mean, the okay, Lukaku one's like ridiculous. I don't even know how they managed to separate them, but the computer says offside, so okay. But the Van Dyke one, yeah, I was actually okay with because I mean, he was offside to start with, and he did hold up the defender, which yeah. allowed the, the head. So it was he was clearly involved. Mm-hmm. Didn't bother me so much. Mm-hmm. Like I, those are the types of things you can do all the time. If there's no bar, you, I mean, it's bad enough now, but setting picks and things like this is something that you won't see unless you usually get picks up on bar. Had Chelsea have won, I would have been really angry about that in that particular call. But <laughs> yeah. now, in retrospect, I'm not that concerned about it. Yeah. yeah. No. And Lukaku scored. That was disallowed. How about Elliot? Elliot wasn't even in the 20. <laughs> yeah. He, he ends up taking, getting on, playing the game, scores a penalty. Crazy. Oh, do you feel bad for Thiago, by the way? Um, he, he hurt himself in the warm-up, and you see him on the bench, and he's just he, he's beside himself. He's crying his eyes out. He's being consoled by Allison. That's right. I mean, this is a guy that's just, his whole career has been blighted by injury. And with Liverpool, once again, blighted by injury. He shows what he can do in flashes. He looks purely world-class. What a player. What a yeah. pass from the ball. Yeah. And he's just yeah. destroyed. I mean, that's got to be so so hard to watch for anyone. Absolutely. Because when you think about it, right, as, as a player, you work so hard to get to any final. And it's not easy. And you might never get back to that final. So when you do get there and you get injured in the warm-up, you're devastated. Yeah. You're devastated because you might never play that again. 
And then on the other hand, you got Elliot who's gone, oh, oh, I'm on the bench here. Okay, this is great. Then I'm, oh, geez, I'm going on. Oh, fuck, I'm taking the ninth penalty. Oh, shit. <laughs> Are they six yards out? <laughs> Do you see him getting in the skirmish, too, coming to uh, whose uh, who's defense was it? Oh, it was uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold's defense. He was going um, head-to-head with uh, Havertz, and out of nowhere comes this little scally in, in Elliot and just shoves him out of the way, the bigger guy. like he just, He's a little shit disturber. I love him. He's fantastic. 18 years old. He's getting in the face of bigger players. Unbelievable. Like the pressure. And you're, you know what it's like, Jimmy, you're like number nine on the list. You don't even like, you're not getting, it's not getting to me. Yeah. And then it starts creeping up and you're going, oh, fuck. 11 kicks. 11 kicks. That's what Kepa must have thought. He must have thought, oh, fuck. Oh, what are we, are we at 10? Oh, shit. This this never happens. Oh, my God, what's happening? (laughs) Was was Salah at number five again? I forget now. No. Yes, he was. He was five. Same as he was in the African Cup of Nations. It's so right? funny, isn't it? How we criticize the coaches in the African Cup of Nations. How can he put in number five? You know, you got to make sure your players get in there and score. And it turns out it was just fine. It made sense. Yeah. I, I had no problem with him being five for the African Cup of Nations either. I mean, the chances of you, if you don't get to number five and you're, you know, come on, like, yeah, you got to get to number five at least. And he, he was probably put in that position because it might be clutch. Yeah, but it's the players he's got too at Liverpool. Some of those penalties were fantastic. They were brilliant. Right in the corner. Keepers got no chance whatsoever. It wasn't a bad one, I think, of anyone, apart from Kepa. Yeah. Yeah, well, Kepa, and Kepa had a chance to save one. I think the penultimate one. He oh, yeah, yeah, he had one. He got one and he got his hand. He should have yeah, saved it. But then again, I think that he saves that if he's playing all game. Yeah. But you know, it's funny, Tuchel overthinking it because in the Champions League final, it was Pep that was overthinking it. Putting the two defensive mids in there, and Tuchel kept it simple. Oh, you know, this guy knows how to manage a final, a one-off, and then yeah. he overthinks this one a little bit. One thing I didn't want to see, I didn't want to see Kante miss. I really didn't. No, I just most, that guy. there's no more likable player in world football than Kante. No kidding. Like I, I don't think there is. Yeah. Everybody wants him to be successful. Yeah. You know, Declan Rice, Declan Rice might be up there. He is. He has one. Yeah, but he's like, tall, though. He's tall, Craig. You know? there's, there's less sympathy for tall guys, right? You know, the fact that Kante is so diminutive and small, you know, you just want to give him a big hug. I don't think you want to give Rice a big hug. I think it's like Kante, he's just, he's just so quiet. He doesn't, his facial expressions never change, whether he's under pressure or not, or is he ever angry? Uh, it doesn't seem to be. He just seems to be so level-headed, and he just can run all day. Yeah. He's 31 now, and he's coming up for new contracts. I mean, he's one of those guys that, despite the way he plays, which is like this this energizer bunny, he's everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's so fit, and he's thirty one. He's still got a number of years left. You think Chelsea could, could could still get him and should get him long term, don't you? Well, they would know best, but I think yeah, I think he's got some. Uh, he's got a few years left in him for sure, and he's a great pro. I mean, geez, what a what a gift for a manager. Yeah, no kidding. But still, the Reds win uh, a trophy for them, and they needed another trophy, I think, given you know this era, they, they're in this Man City era where they're going to win some trophies, but perhaps in a previous bygone era, they would be dominating Premier Leagues and FA Cups every year, but they're not doing that because of Man City, so they got another trophy. Chelsea, though, you know, have been the dominant team since, what, 2003, since Abramovich took over. Um, mm. On that, 
big news on Saturday, kind of big news, big news when you first saw it and you kind of thought about it, right? That he had basically given control of the club to the charity. Yeah. <laughs> His charity, basically. They made um, nothing. Nothing, right? You, nothing. You, you said it was fluff, Craig. It's all fluff. I mean, even the word stewardship is like, it's not even a legal word. It's like he still owns the club and he's just trying to say that it's not under his control right now. Um, but give me a break. Give me a break. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's, you know, with him and the whole Premier League, they sold their soul. They did. They've gone this route and they's billionaires or whatever. And I'm not saying that Abramovich doesn't love Chelsea football club. It's his toy. He absolutely does love it. And he's done a great job, but it was a place to put his money. London grad is a place to put money for Russians. And they were quite happy to take it. The British government just let them do whatever they wanted. They could basically talk anybody out of it. And, and if you want to criticize and you see a newspaper, criticize any of those Russian guys. Now they hire the richest lawyers in London. They got the richest lawyers taking on crown hired lawyers. They got not a chance, and they get absolutely bamboozled. And they, even the newspapers are having to pay million, million, million and a half pounds for for slander or whatever because they, the lawyers are are good. They're sharp, and uh, it's very difficult to actually come out and actually say anything against them, even in the UK. You see now that uh, Sweden. Um, who was a Sweden Czech Republic and oh my brain's not working right now. Uh, they, they've all officially put out a statement saying we do not want to play in Russia in the World Cup qualifying playoffs. So now it's over to UEFA who have been very quiet in all things considered and now have to make a decision very early next week, I think, before it becomes for well, far bigger. Hasn't FIFA already come out with a did they? A statement about even the Russians playing elsewhere will not be able to have a flag or more oh, national. Oh, no, what a punishment. What a sanction. You can't use a flag. I shouldn't comment on FIFA's decision just yet. I haven't not seen it or read it, but we'll get <laughs> yeah. to that next week, I guess, as this unfolds. And I, it's, it's, I understand it's tricky for everyone involved. I understand that the money situation, but this should go beyond that, I think. And we'll see what's said. I understand Sweden's standpoint 100% as well. Um, staying back in the Prem here, Spurs beat Leeds 4-0. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa, Jimmy, it's yeah. come to an end. It has. Sale. It's a sad, sad story, isn't it? Too bad. Yeah. Difficult time for the for the club, for Bielsa. When you look, I mean, we've, we've discussed this. Everybody likes the guy. They love the way that he's playing. Um, but unfortunately, I think the club's looking where they are right now on the table. Two points off now, relegation. Um, you're coming to the final part of the season now and you, you've got to make sure that you survive. Um, and it'd be interesting to who they bring in. I mean, they're talking about Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh done ever so well with, with Red Bull, uh, with Salzburg, Lipsing. But it'd be interesting to see how he does if he actually comes in and becomes the Leeds manager um, because that's a monster club. It really is a big club um, and they need to stay in that Premier League. So it, it would be, uh, be fun to see how an American goes in and, and tries to manage such a big club as Leeds. Yeah. And I think they'll end up with the same results, to be honest with you. I, I think that the team, I mean, they've struggled with injuries this year. Uh, he doesn't change his philosophy, but it's the first game that I'll put on. I got a list of games I'm going Leeds. I'm putting Leeds on whoever they're playing. Like they're just, there's going to be goals. It's going to be fun. It's going to be crazy. 
yeah, okay, um, they're always going to find it difficult in the Premier League, especially at year one or uh, two or three. So um, I feel I feel for him because it was it was an exciting style of play, and okay, you could argue he doesn't win anything with it, but it was fun. I like him, and I think the I think Leeds fans uh, will miss him. I think the the general consensus I'm seeing sort of on social media is that they're they're uh, pretty gutted by the whole thing. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's a tough one too because a new manager that's going to come in, he's going to change the way that they're playing. Were they, how many goals? 60 goals they've conceded now? Yeah, they have to change it. But you've got to stop the rut, which means now all of a sudden you're going to be more defensive. You're going to bunker in a little bit. But how hard, Jimmy, is that when, when a coach comes in, you've been playing a certain way for not one year. You've been playing this way for three years yeah. under a certain manager. And I say, okay, boys, we're doing it differently now. And, and we've got 20 games to save the season, less than 20 yeah. games. It is. It now, is but that, I think that's where the manager comes in and he sits down and says, look, guys, yeah, it was fun to watch you play. But you're conceding way too many goals. You're two points off relegation, and you're going to have to buy into what we're doing. And we got to close up shop here. We got to stop conceding goals. So the players have to buy into mm-hmm. it, you know. And if if I'm a player, I'm looking going, okay, yeah, it was nice, it was fun, but do I want to drop down to the championship, or am I going to listen to this new manager who's going to have more control? And we got to be a little bit more defensive, but I still got that opportunity to play Premier League football next season. So I think that's. I just don't, I agree with you, Jimmy. I just don't think that's, I don't think it's just going to happen. I don't think they're capable. I, I think if they, if they play that style of play, they're going to just lose 1 0, 2 0, as opposed to 5 2. Yeah. Like, I, I don't they think they're going that way. They can't keep playing that way. They've, they've got to, no. they're going to have to be Who's so score goals? compact. Who right? scores goals for them? Like, well, about that's, that's where you got to look at, too. Right. So it's nice. Oh, we're, we're playing beautiful football, but we're not scoring and we're conceding. So how attractive is the football? Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's more like five-side park football. Mm-hmm. But, but to Greg's point, have they, have they played this way with Calvin Phillips for most of the season, with Patrick Banford for most of the season? I, I don't think they're two points in safety. I think they're, no. they're getting the job done. But probably not different, but the reality is they don't got them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It, it, a lot of teams have injury issues, right? And you need depth as well. You've got to build that. And have a plan B. There's no plan B there, it seems, under the well, answer, which is a real shame. Go back to the, the what ifs, you know, what if what if my aunt had a dick, she'd be my uncle. Like we, <laughs> we can say what if all we want, but the reality is you don't got these players. Yeah. Well, how do you right. fix it? You gotta stop the rot. Everton also lots of injuries, you know, in fairness to them. Um in comes Frank Lampard. Up until this weekend, two home wins out of two home games and two away losses out of two away games. Up against Man City at Goodison, they play really well. They grind Man City. They, they look that they've got structure. They've got shape. And then one of probably the most controversial call up until Sunday's cup final with the Rodri handball late in that match, Craig. Um, I, I, know, I don't know how many articles I read, how many podcasts I listen to where we say, no one knows what the handball rule is. But for fuck's sakes, that was a handball. I thought they cleared it up by saying they brought the sleeve into play. And it's like, <laughs> we, okay. Yeah. But it's below the sleeve, isn't it? I think so. Right? Obviously. It was... <laughs> yeah. Like his arm was out. It was, it was here. I know. I, my I, arm I, is away from my body to the listeners right now, and I'm tapping my pathetic, poultry yeah. bicep. I'd be, the first, I'd be the first one to say, no, okay, it's high enough. I would you know, give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'm like, that's a, that's a penalty. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it really is. Uh, Say, so, listen, they say goes around, comes around. City benefited. I'm sure there's been times this season, I know they have, when Liverpool's benefited. Um, 
You know, there's no point really debating and arguing. It always happens, but it is really frustrating. You know, when you have VAR for a reason to go to look at such situations and they still clearly get it wrong, I just, I don't know what to say. It's yeah. really freaking annoying. It's, I mean, look, you, you hope Everton stays up. I would like to see them stay up. I think they're the second last team that has, has been in the top flight the longest, apart from Arsenal. Yeah, I think you're right. They're, they're, have they ever? I don't think they've ever been. Let Maybe me they've been down once back in the 50s. I think it's right? 1954. They've been in the top league since since then. Wow! Wow! This Arsenal thing was it 1919 or something? 1920. Never been out. Never been out of the top flight. Arsenal and Everton for that long. Well, you know, I, I think they're, they're good enough. They will survive because a team like Brentford are going to crash and burn. They are crashing and burning. They lost to Newcastle this weekend. However, Christian Eriksen did make his comeback. That was a lovely moment, wasn't it, Craig? And uh, I wasn't watching that game live, um, thankfully, because I would have been nervous, as as you know, unfair as it might be. But fantastic, fantastic to see him back on the football pitch. Yeah, it was too bad he came on because they were two 0 down uh, when he came on um, from that standpoint. But yeah, it was great. The reception was great. I didn't see it live either, but I heard he came on, so I went back and just to see it and just to watch him come on. And so yeah, it was good to see. Um, and he's obviously uh, quite confident about it, and obviously the doctors are as well. But it's it's kind of a nervous thing. But the reception was amazing. It was yeah. great. It was amazing. The fans just to see it, it was emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was emotional. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, just seeing him come on the ovation that the ovation that he got, the opposition actually going over and shaking his hand, and you know, you could see everybody was was pleased to see him. Now, if that was me as a player, I don't, I don't know if I could do it. It'd be, it would be in the back of my mind the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Thinking, Fuck, you know, what, what could happen to me? Yeah, but put yeah. yourself in, in, in like, your oh, my heart's going a little faster. <laughs> oh, shit, slow down. Mentally, he's got to be so strong, it's unbelievable. But in your prime, the thing about it, fellas, I mean, when you guys were in your prime, you know, and you know, the world was your oyster, and you, know, you saw this, you know, your career flash before your eyes, and maybe it's done, but you're in your prime still. You know, I'm sure the hunger would have been there. I've, I've got to do everything possible. That 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 thirst for football and for competitiveness is such that I've got to get out there. I, yeah, I agree with you, but it's the ticker. <laughs> yeah, it's not the appendix. It's not my ankle. It's the ticker, man. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine the doctor that says, you know, okay, uh, we're giving you the all clear, and he'd be like, "Are you sure? <laughs> Did you see the game? Did you see what happened? Yeah. Are you sure? Are you absolutely certain?" <laughs> Did you read the headlines? Pretty good. My heart stopped. It stopped <laughs> on the pitch. <laughs> wow, it might be, you know, I don't know, but oh boy, I don't know. <laughs> Modern science, eh? Medical science is amazing. Um, <laughs> before we wrap up, uh, guys, MLS uh, kicked off this weekend. It's a long season. These games mean nothing right now, but TFC tied Dallas 1 1. Our boy Ozo scored 10th straight year. He scored a goal, Jimmy. Third yeah. time. In, in TFC scoring, you know Ozo really well. Yeah, lovely fellow. Love seeing Ozo scored. Look, if you, I mean, if you, they conceded early, very early in that match, and then they had a few other chances as as the game went on, and and also grabs his uh, his equalizer. But towards the end of the match as well, Dallas had a few opportunities, and I thought they were going to nick one just in the end there. Um, but they held on. And for your first first match with uh, with Bob Bradley, not new players, new coaching staff, away to Dallas, not an easy place to go. Um, you take that point for your first match. You take it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about that, Jimmy. Talk about this this team when you, you hit training camp, and they're pretty short training camps, right, in MLS. Only a couple of games you have. You've got a brand-new coach, which means a new system. You've got all these new players, young players. The Vesavia is not even arrived until July, July the 1st. There's more movement happening right now transfer-wise within TFC. How hard is it to hit the, the field running? I mean, it's got to take a number of games, surely. It does. It, it takes a while. It, 100% it does. Because the more, the more turnover you have, you've got a new manager that comes in, new philosophy, players are coming from different managers and, and different styles of play, and it's just trying to get everybody onto the same page. And sometimes you don't have enough games before uh, the, the season starts. Because when you, when you look at it, say you've got six games in, in preseason. The first match, you're going to have a certain amount of players play maybe 30 minutes, some play 50 minutes. So you're constantly changing through those first three, four matches. And it's not towards the end that you start getting guys at 60 minutes, 70 minutes. And you don't really get to see everybody gel together. But as as time goes on and the season goes on and guys settle down and you really start to buy into the way that the manager's playing, then you start to find out, okay, who's my core players? Who's buying into what I'm doing? And then, okay, here's the other pieces that we can add. And these are the guys that I trust that are going to come off the bench and make us stronger. And if I've got a player that's injured, no problem. I know he can come in and do a job. So it takes time to gel and it takes time for the manager to have full trust in all those players um, that really are going to do a job for him. Because at the end of the day, as a manager, you need players to do a job for you. And you've got your certain players that you trust that are going to do it week in and week out. Yeah. And I think with the the good thing about MLS too, is that you don't have to, you're not, you don't have to be top of the tree to make, to win the MLS. So um, it's important to start well, but it's also uh, more important to go into the playoffs with momentum, healthy mm-hmm. squad. So there's a, all these different factors come into play, but overall taking a draw away from home on your first game of the season. Yeah. Take it. That's not bad at all. Yeah. It does demonstrate, though, that this team still is very much part of a rebuild. And, you know, there's more dominoes to fall here, for sure. But there's a lot of young players out there. The fullbacks, in particular, um, had their moments. But, you know, Schaffenberg, in particular, had his moments, you know, negatively as well. I know he got, almost got the assist on the... Uh, the Ozo got a lovely cross in the box there. Um, but these aren't fullbacks by nature, right? And they're kind of being... They're learning the trade. That's and, right. Hey, yeah with the cameras on, right? So it's, I think the future's really bright for them, but it's going to be I a thought, process. I thought there was quite a buzz around the opening day, though, the MLS's back day. I thought there was... Yeah. I don't know why I thought there was. just seemed to be uh, an, quite an appetite for the opening day, uh, more so than I've noticed in any other year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vancouver fans, Montreal fans, by the way, we will be getting to you guys as well you know, in the coming uh, weeks and days uh, on this Club. podcast. We're not ignoring you. Uh, although Vancouver might want to be ignored right now. Was that great? Club foot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I do like that TFC kit, by the way. Do you? Yeah, sharp. Gray? Here's my thing with gray. I'm not a big fan of gray in, in sports kits. You know, it's like, it doesn't know what it is. I like it's white, it. It's black, you know, it doesn't, doesn't pop. Well, you, like, Jimmy's like the, got a gray sweater on right now. He's just, he's all no, over it. Just, Jimmy can wear it well. It's like a clothes he's hang. gray. He's just, I like he it. Is. I'm going to get myself one. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Will you buy one? You'd get one free still, right, Jimmy? I would think, given that fact, you, you played yeah. there for 100 years. That's the right, guys. Maybe also grab me one. <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the, yeah, the split colors, you know, the white and the gray. The gray is nice. Oh, so now you like it. No, I, I, I like the concept <laughs> of the split, the split <laughs> colors. 
I just want more of a pop. That's what I'm saying. If Liverpool had it on, because I'm sure Liverpool at one point have a great kid. They've they got many oh, great kids. Yeah, I've, never many. I've never liked them. Many. Plus, you know what it is? Crown paints. Arm, armpits. <laughs> Too sweaty. Doesn't look good. Graze the enemy. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, guys. Um, you know, it's a bit of a short one today, uh, but we'll get to much more coming up this week as Footy Prime continues. Jimmy Brennan, thank you. Craig Forrest, thank you. I'm James Sharman. Uh, we shall return later this week. Follow us, like us, hate us. We don't really care, but just listen. Cheers. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.